everybody, and welcome back to another episode of We Bought a Mic for this special Tribeca 2021 series. We got a great conversation for you today. Mm-hmm. I'm Ernest. I am Hunter. And today we got a chance to talk to Mr. Tyler Riggs, who mm-hmm. is the writer, director, and uh, co- co-star. <laughs> Of a little movie called God's Waiting Room, which is in competition at Tribeca. Um, and I was kind of uh, pleasantly surprised by this movie. It, uh, You know, we're doing these Tribeca screenings. We're getting to watch all these movies from home. And watching a movie from home, it's, it's tough because you have to, like, force yourself to immerse yourself in the cinematic experience. You know, you're not in a dark theater. And... It says a lot about a movie when it just like right away just pulls you in and you don't have to try. You don't have to put in that extra effort to get invested. The story itself, the characters, the filmmaking, it just naturally like grabs you and lures mm-hmm. you in. And this movie did that. Yeah, I uh, I really was swept away with this movie. Um, I mean, from Tyler, which this is his um feature length debut that he's ever done and i was completely drawn in especially as three floridians over here it captures the essence of florida in a way that's so so rare to ever see on film um we had him for 20 we ended up going for about 35 because uh tyler just wanted to keep talking to us so it was a great chat uh we talk a lot about um Nisilda gonzalez and matthew leone who are the two leads of this film um and honey i'm buying stock in them they are going places i i get the festival thing i'm getting it i'm I'm understanding why film festivals are so cool even though we're not in new york city you know we don't have to get a hotel room and go on the subway and run around from screening to although screening. i wish that we were there in new york right now one day in, in post-vaccinated new york give but it to me the idea of like you know watching a star before they're a star is kind of the 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 spark of a film festival of everybody trying to do that guessing game of okay who's gonna pop yeah like oh i'm buying stock in this i mean this is a guy tyler after seeing his vision the way that he films this movie it's like oh yeah no i'm buying into this dude i can't wait to see what he has next so without further ado please enjoy me and hunter's conversation with mr tyler riggs of god's waiting room and i'm drew joined here by uh tyler riggs the writer and director of god's waiting room which is in competition uh at the festival how you doing tyler good how you guys doing how's that coverage going so far great great i think hunter uh here has been doing most of the uh interviewing uh you're only my second it's been exhausting it's been exhausting to be honest with you but um this was one of the highlights so far so i'm Super happy to be here with you. Wow, dude, that's awesome. I'm tickled to hear that. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the movie. Uh, I was very impressed by it. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump right in. We don't have too much time, and, and we really are itching to, to get to, uh, to dive into it. So what uh, 
is your what was your approach to to kind of starting with this concept with this idea uh you are the writer and director so obviously the script was kind of the first thing uh to me it it it, it comes away as a big balancing act of a script you are putting a lot of ideas in here and yet the film has kind of a lot of room to breathe how did you arrive at this i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> no uh yeah so the i had the characters but um kind of loose a loose idea of the characters bouncing around in my head for like 10 years um there was different iterations of this uh different tones of it at one time there was like a really like i had just seen i had saw like bronson and i was like i gotta we gotta do this this crazy over the top tone no uh you know i, I really i it, i never could get past like page 10 when i was writing like that and then just the perspective shift you know I really started to ask, I really started to, to figure out who Rosie was. I stopped, I stopped trying to be concerned about who I would get to play and try to think about Rosie. And then, uh, it wasn't until like, I was like the, the Florida part came along late, very late. It, that that was when it clicked together. And then it just happened at lightning speed. I originally, you know, when I first started trying to write a script, it was going to take place here or there, or there, or so, you know, somewhere else. And then, and then I just realized that I, it needed to take place somewhere personal and the film needed to be more personal. And that was going to be the only way that I was going to get this out of my system. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I joke, it's like a cinematic effigy, you know, that this film it's, uh, I, I, every location, every frame, everywhere we've been, every character, you know, there's just shadows of my psyche. And this is all place. These, these are places that I grew up and, and, and went to. And, and I knew, and it, when that, when that came to place, when, when all those things fell into place, like this, the script poured out of me, we were from the moment I wrote fade in to the moment we were picture apps three months. Wow. So I was going to, I was going to ask later on, but I, cause this movie is like very Tampa. And I was like, I assume that you had to have been from the area or at least have spent some time in here because we both Ernest and I live in Orlando. So just like right up I four. So I've oh, been wow. to Tampa. Yeah. Like countless times. And it just felt very Floridian. Yeah. I was born in, uh, I was born in Clearwater, and I was raised the first part of my life I spent in town and country. And then, uh, and then I moved to an area called Lutz. I don't know if you know that area. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. familiar with that. I know town and country, but it's like 3,500 people in Lutz. It's a, uh, uh, and I, yeah, I, I, uh, I kicked around there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm from here, man. So uh, I, I wanted it to be pure, you know, I, I had the thought, in my head and I don't want to, I'm not trying to knock anybody, certainly people who I, I think are brilliant filmmakers. Um, there's a lot of, when being from Florida, you understand there's a lot of tourists that come down here. It just so happens some people who are tourists are also filmmakers that make films here and they're not from here and they don't know it. And, you know, 
I think when you're from Florida, you get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Like the people in this state, the state itself, it's not a character. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, you can show it and it's fun to show it like that. And I love it. And I, and I love reading those Florida man headlines, but you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in like the relationships with these people, you know, these people, the, the relationships that these people have in their lives, who, who their mom and dad are, who their, who their grandma is and where they're from, why they are the way they are, what happened to them to get them to from point A to point B. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I wanted to be really respectful of the city of Tampa and the people in Florida, um, but be authentic, you know, it's a, it's a love letter. It's a complicated love letter. So <laughs> kind of going off of that, uh, you brought up that the Florida aspect of the production didn't come until much, much later, but once you were actually here, you know, filming the thing, what were aspects of, as the story was kind of, you know, coming together visually that felt Floridian that you felt like, wow, this could only happen uh, here. I couldn't make this part of the film anywhere else. Does anything kind of jump out at you from that time? No, I mean, honestly, like I, I don't, I didn't, I mean, I knew I wanted it to open with like this, um, you know, this couple at the, at the, at the beach. Um, uh, and I knew that that was going to feel a certain way, but I, you know, this, again, like I, I just wanted to be truthful. Like these, these are places that I've been, um, the location speaks for itself. Florida is Florida, you know, and, and, uh, there ain't no place like it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, I don't, I think in my head, I just knew that no matter where we go, we're or point that camera. It's going to feel a certain way. The light here is different. There's no, uh, like I'm obsessed with the way the light looks in Florida. It's gorgeous light. I don't know if it has to do with like the humidity or the fact that like Tampa you you're gonna have to fact check me on this because I'm just repeating what my friend has told me. But Tampa's got the most tree coverage of any city in North America. I don't know if he's 100 percent right, but it's got to be like top five, if not number one. A lot of palm so, trees, like, I'm sure. Palm trees and the humidity, but also just like the not to like nerd out, but like the crazy cumulonimbus clouds that right. that like you literally get like neg fill in the sky because you have like a black cloud here, but then you're getting sun here. So you get this contrasty light. Cause, cause you're not, you're not getting a, a, a push of white, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so it's just when my DP got here, he was like, I, I remember we were doing a camera test a few days before our first day shooting. And he was just like, smile yeah. from ear to ear. And I, and I shit you not, we're doing a camera test and there's like a double rainbow over here. <laughs> and it's like, the sky is just like a peachy magenta. And he's like, he was just, he was happy. He was happy, <laughs> he's like, man. This is, makes my job so easy. Yeah. Just, I can just turn the camera on and just shoot this. <laughs> Literally point the camera wherever you want. There's going to be like jungle vibes or like beautiful clouds. And it's, it's going to freaking kick ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
So even going off of that point, um, aside from just the look of this film, which is gorgeous, I was particularly taken by uh, your filmmaking approach itself uh, with the amount of handheld shots and close-ups and phone video that you use that just creates such an intimate feeling to the story. Um, can you tell me a little about your decision to shoot the film that way? Yeah, like I, I'm, um, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, uh, it's hard to explain. Like I, I love, I just love cinema. I, I love cinema and I'm always, I always get like analysis paralysis. Do I want to make a film like this or make a film like that? Like, do I really like super duper controlled on sticks? Let's shoot it anamorphic. Let's go like super um, symmetric shots. Like I, I, I really dig pictures like that. But then there's like this actor in me and I feel like I always just lean a little bit towards like, I love, love Terrence Malick but I really love like uh, Cassavetes, like Husbands and um, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. You know, these, these films are like the rawness and, and sort of like the romanticism of how those films came together. It's just like Cassavetes with his friends, like, let's go shoot, let's go shoot film. Let's look for real life, you know. I, I'm really into like the, the whole like dogma movement as well um in the 90s you know uh just like but at the same time like i love photography so can we can we hook it up like uh, panavision did us a super solid uh and we were able to get an alexa mini and get these like vintage panavision lenses so we could have like this really beautiful look um but i i wanted it to be loose and when i met our dp uh, and he came, he was actually, he actually shot for Vice News for a couple of years. And he had this real documentary. He knows what it's like to be, you know, in a sketchy area in Moscow. And you're just like, you're, you're trying to cat, you know, where do you point the camera? When? Who's doing this? So he has like a lot of, a lot of those great natural instincts. It really does. Just, this film really does have kind of a guerrilla filming like look to it. Like it feels like these are real people who you are spending time with because of the filmmaking technique that you employ. I, I was curious as well about the phone footage specifically, if you wanted to talk about that, because there's several moments where uh, it's just these characters like filming each other. And that's what we're seeing. They're going to the amusement park. They're out by the beach. And the, the footage on screen, it's, it just looks like they captured it on their own phones. Was there kind of a, a plan as to how that was going to look? Did you go into that with a certain kind of, uh, you know, shot list for the actors to do that? Or what was the process yeah. of telling them how to shoot those? Yeah, I did. I had like, well, I, I didn't want to try to capture life inside of a box. So I tried to give freedom. Um, it was planned out. It was scripted. Like the, the phone stuff was scripted. Some of the, you know, you're putting down a blueprint, right? Like, so some of like, I did, 
I mean, but it's on there. I mean, like even the pier in the beginning, it was in there. Like I knew the location in my head at Fort Soto Beach. Like I, I knew I'd been there. I, I knew, knew it how- was that. It looked yeah. just like that's such a gorgeous spot, man. You captured mm-hmm. it so well. Yeah. And so but but I wanted to give them space. So I would say, hey, go to the end of that dock, go to the end of the pier and and film each other. Now, I did not, you know, no spoiler alerts, so, you know, opening scene of the film. But like, you know, there's a scene, a, a moment where Jules climbs onto the other side of the railing. And he's like, I want to, you know, <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. Like, I didn't direct that. That's all them. I just told them, I want you guys to go down here, goof around like you're on a date and filming each other. And we live in a, a world where everything's on TikTok or social media. And I just thought like, how do you capture a realistic relationship without the presence of phones? You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. I'm trying, I'm going for realism as much as possible with performance. And, um, and the theme park was the same thing. Actually the theme park was uh, (laughs) it's funny talking about it because Derek C and France is one of the judges this year. Right. So I shit my pants when I saw that, I was like, God dang, like he's going to watch my film. Oh my God. But, you know, he put I, I always re- remember reading that and when they were shooting Blue Valentine, there's like this legendary story about how he put Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams the, in a in a he put them up, he put them in an apartment together for like a, a month and made them live together so they could vibe each other out. Um, we didn't have that in the budget. So I just sent Nisalda and Matt, the characters that play Rosie and Jules, I was like, I feel like I can't name the theme parks they went to because we don't have, you know, I, mean? I, I made sure to pull out anything that I felt was like too much of an indicator. Uh, but yeah, I sent them to theme parks on their own. And I knew like I wanted, I was like, I want you guys to go on thrill rides together. And I want you guys to try to get selfie footage of you guys on thrill rides together. And in a weird way, like I feel like that shared experience of them getting to know each other, being on the thrill ride, all the slingshots and various other places in Orlando. Um, you know, they, they, their chemistry was just crazy. So it all was a happy accident. It was loosely planned. <laughs> I mean, I was just about to ask you about the cast. So uh, we'll get to that now. But um, I mean, that makes so much sense that that is how they have such great chemistry because it's astonishing watching these two people on stage. And I had never seen either of these actors before or anything. And it was a complete breakout performance for both of them, um, especially given the degree of difficulty that they're dealing with. I mean, so the, the Rosie character is this very complex figure is trying to an immigrant who's trying to uh, create a new life for herself uh, while also being there for her father. And Jules, um, he is just, he's a character that's so unlikable in so many other films that you shoot and the way you film it and the way that he performs it, it's just, it's there without any kind of judgment. And you're just seeing this person as he really is. Um, How did you, find each of these two people (laughs) yeah um well i'll start with the easy one um matt leone was in my second year of acting class in the william esper studio in new york and uh you know i've seen him doing some material from john patrick uh shanley 
And you always knew who was good in class because that was who Bill Esper, rest in peace, you know, one of the great, late great acting teachers. Um, he was he was the hardest. He was on the hardest. He was the hardest on people uh, that he liked. And he was really hard on Matt. And um, Matt's something of a filmmaker himself. He did a little short film. Uh, and it was like 16 millimeter, beautiful, super documentary, uh, verite style. And I saw, I, 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 when he put that out, I was like, hey, we got to make something together. And I had this, I, I already had this character that he was perfect for, kind of, of jewels. And then this, okay, so then the Solda was, um, I'm like, how do I cast people? I don't know. I, I can't afford a casting director. We have no money. May, hopefully my managers, maybe there's someone who can not only speak Spanish, but it has to be like Caribbean. You know, they have to be, they have to be from one of the Caribbean, uh, you know, islands that to have that Florida flavor that I, that I grew up knowing and, and I wanted it to be, you know, as pure and authentic as possible. Um, and I, I saw her headshot and I thought, wow, this, she, she looks like, like, like I want to put her in front of the camera, you know, just the, she has like vulnerability in her eyes and, um, but the camera loves her, you know, and then I, I, I was like trying to find material on her. And I couldn't find any material on her. I saw some stuff from like an acting class and it was like, you know, it was, it, uh, it was early in her journey in uh, becoming an actress. But then I found a music video. I, the name escapes me right now, right now, but she's this girl in a dress in this music video at a bar and she's got no dialogue and she's walking around and she's very, lonely in it and then she starts dancing with this guy in the music video and at the end of the music video the guy they lean in to kiss and he pulls away and she for about five seconds has this look in her eye and i said to her one i was, I was like that those five seconds of just disappointment and wanting and just you're raw here if you can give me that for 90 minutes we got a film <laughs> like and and she told she had told me that the director when they when he was directing that scene said hey you guys are going to kiss and then he pulled the guy aside he's like hey when you lean in to kiss i want you to pull back and not kiss her so she thought it was like this kiss moment and then it wasn't and and but she stayed in it and then when she told me that which I know that's going to be my style where I'm telling someone secrets over here, someone secrets over here. I'm trying to like chop it up as much as possible and get conflict, but capture life. Um, I just, I knew, and I, I met with her and she was so perfect the way she, we met at a coffee shop in echo park and uh, she was just so interesting. Everything about her, the, the way she dressed, the way she spoke. Um, she started showing me songs that she was writing. Uh, and then the cherry on top was she grew up in Orlando, Florida. And I was like, done. You're, you're, you're Rosie. 
like, are you kidding me? I like, how is this? I was like, it was crazy. I had like 20 pages at the moment written. I, I think, yeah, t- about 20 pages written at the time. And, uh, and I shared them with her and she was like, it was like the iPhone stuff and the, they're on the roller coaster. And she was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. And I'm like, well, you, you've what I've been, I've been looking for you. You've been looking for me. I know Matt, let's do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, and that's how it all came together. I, I want to dig into her a little bit more because I, I'm an immigrant myself. I'm from Colombia. So I really gravitated to her story and the way the relationship with the father is portrayed. I'm really, really curious as to like how you were able to portray that with such nuance and honesty. Did that come from the screenplay? Did, were you able to bring her opinions and, and, and uh, views into the final product and the, the dad as well, Ray uh, Benitez, I think that was such a good character in terms of like showing this patriarch um, who's obviously dealing with a lot and, and a certain level of loss. And he is very, very deeply flawed and has that kind of like overbearing, controlling angle. But it comes from this place of like love like he is, be, he just really wants to be a good father to her. And that, like the, the Hispanic parent uh, angle, I thought it was just so well captured. And I don't see it done in a lot of stories. You know, I love seeing stories like this that, that have that, uh, you know, level of representation. So I'm just curious about like what it was like to put that immigrant you know, uh, peace immigrant experience into the film and how much of it came from the original screenplay or from the actor's input. Well, man, dude, first of all, just to hear you say that it just makes me, ah, like I want to cry, man, because obviously it's, you know, I want to do it justice. I don't want to fuck it up basically. And, and so from one angle, I feel like, Hey, I'm coming at this. I'm from Tampa. I have to do this right. Like, and so I felt like I need this sort of representation to be authentic to Tampa and to Florida, right. It's a town and country, you know what I mean? And, um, my, I'm at, I'm in Tampa now. My office is in town and country and it's like, it's just, you know, you just, there's just, you know, restaurants and it's all, in Spanish, you know, it's, it's, and so I'm trying to do justice by it, but I'm also trying to like, I don't want to impose. I don't want to just come in and, and, and um, co-op someone's culture. So I, I'm trying to be very delicate. So, for, so on another hand, like I'm just trying to tell an age old story. This is a girl with a dream who wants to get out. Right. And, and so I'm being very, I'm a, so that's my approach as well. And then in the casting, so yeah, I had 20 pages written and Nisalda wanted to become a jazz singer. And that's when this singing started to come in to play. Now I had been a, a failed musician many times in my life. Uh, and so I had some songs written and uh, I'd always kind of like, I'd been more proud of my lyrics than my actual, uh, uh, music. Uh, my my actual ability to, to to sing them and play them horrible, but like I I I was like, well, I can incorporate some stuff that I've done here, 
I shared those with her. She loved that. And, and I started to have conversations with her. Um, and I really, I almost wish she was here to speak for herself, but I could tell between the lines, there was something there. And I didn't want to like go prying into her past. You know, I wanted to save those moments because I could tell there was a well in there in inside of her. I knew her parents, I believe were from the Dominican Republic. And I know she had dreams and she, she has dreams of being this singer, this performer. And I just got the sense that, you know, and I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I got the sense that those were lofty in the, in the eyes of her family, you know, we're here We're I, I, I was kind of inter- intrigued by this idea of like, you know, maybe these immigrants and I, and I spoke to Ray about this, who's from Cuba. And I was like, you know, you, you try so hard to get to America, right? It's this land of opportunity, you know, especially, you know, let's just throw out 2021, 2022, everything post 2016, let's rewind 30 years, right? Let's go back then. And I'm throwing politics out. Like there was this romantic view of America. That's like, if we just get here, you know, anything's possible, right? Or, or, or if we just get here, like, we, we can work and we can, if we just work hard enough, you know, we can have the safety, the education, whatever, you know? And so I really, I, I was teasing those ideas out of Nassalda and out of Ray. And it, and it seems again, like I didn't want to overstep the any boundaries, but it seemed to like that was sort of a through line in there. And then I, I liked this idea that Rosie is more of this like millennial, um, you know, uh, Gen Z type character where it's like, those are not her dreams. Her dreams are to be, you know, you know, I'm not trying to like poo poo Rosie, but to have a, a million TikTok followers and be a great singer and be, you, you know, like, you have the 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 proper crazy american dream right mm. and i felt like i i wanted to um now i come from a working class family and this is where it gets personal for me you know that's my family's business my stepdad i worked for that company you call the phone number on those shirts you will get my uncle or my stepdad picking up the phone that was my uncle in the film and uh, that was oh, the wow. foreman yeah yeah i, I used to lay brick and and that was my grandma that was playing my grandma, you know, I, I, and, and so anyways, like, I know what it's like to come from a pure working class family where it's like, yeah, it's great. You want to move to Hollywood or New York and become an actor, but for real, like it's time to like, let's just, you know, you got to work hard. You, you, you got to do something, learn a skill and, and have like more realistic dreams and i know i'm kind of all over the place here but there's like sort of this common theme that like and i really felt it present in all the conversations i had with nisalda she knew it man and i didn't have to do much at all especially for those conversations between her and ray 
it was like there's all kinds of coverage in those scenes but at the end of the day the truth that was in her eyes was all that we needed and it, exactly. and you could t- yeah. it was a road she had been down there was no faking it you know what i'm saying and and uh, ray <laughs> you know like ray he sent in his audition tape his his agent was like yeah you're going to book this guy and i was like oh, okay hold on you know there's lots of people putting this on tape and i saw his tape and i just saw his he just had it man he just had that like it's not like disgust just disappointment and just frustration and just like just like i know what's best yeah and i'm and i'm not playing games with you i'm not you know you're gonna do it this way because this is the way and you have no idea like how hard my life was to get to this point yes there's a and, universality and, to that. There's a truth and an honesty to that experience. And I think you captured it so well. I mean, his performance, I think it was the one that surprised me the most because it's so easy for a character like that to just like default into the villain role of the, of the film. And that's not what happens here. There is this real humanity to him that I found really special and throughout the whole movie I, I i just think that you you managed to again to do this balancing act of like really uh having it ring in such uh an uncompromising and, and how hunter put it you know uh non-judgmental way so you know congratulations yeah. man it's it's a f- really fantastic film um, we're pretty much out of time here. Yeah, we I know we're taking going. up a lot. We're going way over time here. We could <laughs> and I keep do going and going. So gracious. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you. We could keep going and going here because I think that, uh, you know, we didn't even touch on like so many of the other ideas that you have packed mm-hmm. into the film. That you you're directing yourself. Yes. Uh, I was oh my about God. That. Um, so we got to wrap it up, but Hunter has one final question that, uh, that we have here. Real quick. One last, one last question, real quick. You don't even have to think about it. Just give me the first thing that pops in your mind. Um, on the podcast we've been doing, due to the lack of new releases for the last year-ish, um, we've been doing a career arc series on the films of Nicolas Cage. So, off the top of your head, what is your favorite Nicolas Cage performance? Oh, man. Um, okay. Oh, that's easy. Uh, I like Nicolas Cage a lot, but so it's tough to say. I, I mean, but I think leaving Las Vegas, uh, mm. yeah. But like, also like Rumble's and Rumblefish. I, I mean, I could talk. We could talk Nicolas Cage, buddy. I mean, he's leaving Las Vegas. That was his Oscar winner. Rumblefish yeah. is yeah. also another. Yeah, he crushed it, dude. Oh, I mean, oh, raising Arizona. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he's he's a beast, man. Um, yeah. I would definitely, but I think leaving Las Vegas is, is it, uh, honorable mention, uh, raising Arizona, uh, raising Arizona is like just, you know, that film holds a special place in my heart. Great picks, man. Thank you again so much. We wish you the best, uh, good luck with, uh, with Tribeca and, and, and with the film, you know, hopefully, uh, more and more people can see it after it premieres and, and wherever it ends up, we wish you the best. And thank you again so much for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. You guys are great, man. Love love talking to some, some Florida homies. 
And that was our conversation with Tyler Riggs. Thanks to Tyler again for being so kind with his time and, and talking to us and for being a fellow Florida boy. Yeah. Shout out to Tampa. Uh, I didn't get to tell it to him, but it's not a long list, but I do think this movie is in the Tampa Hall of Fame. It's like this and Magic Mike. The other two spots are uh, currently unoccupied in Mount Rushmore of Tampa movies. I mean, if you're going Florida. Am I missing Florida, a big one? I don't if, know. If you're is going there... Florida in general, you can throw in Florida Project, Moonlight. No, I'm just, I'm talking specifically about Tampa. Like Tampa, just that's an area that's never captured on film, despite the fact that where you can shoot in Tampa is so gorgeous because the humidity is so high because that bay mist is kind of coming in and that humidity is just in the air everywhere. Maybe this is Tampa's moment. Hey, maybe Tampa's hey, look, the Tom, real Tom went star. to Tom went to Tampa. <laughs> okay, no, uh, I forgot I'm, to ask. I'm sorry, him I'm not his, involved here, but I'm cutting this I narrative off. I forgot to off. ask him if. Well, we only had such little time, and we still went long. But if we would have had longer, then I would have asked him about his feelings on Tom Brady about Tampa Bay. Oh my God, that's right. I bet he's a big Tom guy. We could have bonded on that. You bet. Are you? Look, Tom Tom brought him a championship. He can't be mad about Does that. Does he like sports? We can't. People who are like busy usually don't. Yeah. I look at me. I don't Well, here's the thing is that I like sports and movies and I just don't sleep. Yeah, anymore. but you yeah, you're just like a freak. You're I like don't manic. Sleep. I sleep. Like, yeah, I'm in I'm having a manic episode Yeah, right but now. it's been Thank like, you for capturing that. It's been happening for like 2 years now. <laughs> It's very impressive. Oh, it's going to be very bad whenever it crashes. Yeah, you're like off the pod whenever <laughs> whenever it comes down. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, please enjoy the rest of our Tribeca 2021 coverage. We've got lots of interviews and conversations with filmmakers. Really enjoying these movies. Um, I'm glad that they, you know, despite the horrificness of the pandemic, that they opened up film festivals to be virtual now. Yeah. Um, so we wouldn't have been able to see all these great movies. So stick around for more great um, podcasts. We're going to be posting them all throughout the week. Um, and yeah, please uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Thank you to all the donors for donating. You can always donate if you so choose. So we thank you if you do. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.